From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up for Tuesday, August the 8th, the year 2017, the week of the PGA Championship. Um, I normally don't roast guests or friends of guests or friends or friends or friends of friends on this show, but uh, I'm going to start the show off by roasting somebody. I wanted Jordan Rappaport on this show. He may be on the show at some point. I've known the kid forever, hometown guy. He's, the, he's one of the people I talk a ton of golf with. Uh, he did not uh, choose to come on the show, and instead he referred me to a friend. So we welcome in uh, from Chicago, right? And, uh, Chicago, Mike? Yeah, from, from Chicago, Mr. Mike Sullivan on the show, a.k.a. Friend of, friend of my friend Jordan Rappaport. Hello, sir. That's right. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeremy. Happy to be here. Um, we will get back to, to uh, Jordan later. Um, let's start with the PGA Championship, obviously, which which commences in two days. The the PGA of America and the PGA Tour announced today that in 2019, uh, this event will move from August to May, and the players will move from May back to March. From a fan's perspective, as a fellow golf fan, what do you make of this shift? Oh, I love it. Uh, Jeremy, I love it. Uh, one of the worst-kept secrets in golf that they've been trying to move this event yep. from the back end of the calendar towards the front end of the calendar for a while now. Um, I've got a couple friends that live down in Florida, one in particular who actually went to school with both Jordan and myself, who was actually doing cartwheels because of how excited he was that didn't have to compete with his Mother's Day brunch any longer in May. So, <laughs> the, uh, you know, it gives a little bit more hype towards the beginning of the golf season. Um, obviously, being in March, that's prime time down in Florida. Uh, I think it's great. You know, bring more fans on board. Um, I, I definitely think that they actually hit the nail right on the head with this. I like the decision that they made, and I'm excited for uh, the new calendar schedule. Now, as you know, but I'm not sure if the people out there know, this, this begins a domino effect. It's a four-part deal, which involves the players to March, the PGA to May, the FedEx Cup probably ending by Labor Day weekend, and then the fourth part, which is the FedEx Cup shrinking from, from likely shrinking from four events to three. The Boston playoff event seems to be the one more likely to move, and and upwards of five or six events, including Colonial, the Nelson, the Match Play, uh, Bay Hill, um, Greenbrier, there's several others that are in line for some kind of shift, move, deletion, move to the fall, whatever. This is a very complicated and, and multiple moving part scenario. But I think, Mike, what's interesting from a fan perspective. Um, is that the only downside I see um, in terms of the early part of the year is that this puts the players up against March Madness again. The players uh, will be back in mid-March. The PGA is moving to the weekend before um, Memorial Day weekend. I do wonder if the, if the players, which had a nice niche in May, even if the course didn't play up to what the PGA agronomy staff wanted it to play up to, um, this does put it up against March Madness again. It does. It's a, the reshuffling going up against a major event. Look, I think that moving back from the fall, though, was key. Obviously, you're going up against the giant of the NFL uh, towards the end of the season. I think it adds a little bit more excitement, a little bit more 
push towards um, the Masters at Augusta, obviously, in April. Um, yes, you may have some run-ins with you know, the first-round upsets or the buzzer beaters, but for the diehard sports fans, especially those that travel, make bachelor parties or vacation trips out of that week in March, you know, this only adds to that excitement. So I, I think it's a great move. Um, I, I know that the PGA had done a few focus groups and kind of considered this for a while. And yeah. you said it's been a, the worst kept secret going for a while now. And I'm, I, I'm all for it. I think, uh, again, it draws fan interest in. You may have a little bit of compete, competing views, eyeballs, and different events, but I think it's good for the sport. Um, let's now get to this PGA Championship at Quail Hollow. Mike, I'm not sure about you, but I've always been wary of guys coming off a win. Um, you know, obviously Justin Thomas went back-to-back in uh, Hawaii this year, but it's been a rare thing in, in the post-Tiger era to have guys who win one week come back and, and, and successfully do it seven days later. Matsuyama puts up 61 on Sunday at Bridgestone. Um, wows all of us, doesn't make a bogey, finally looks like he's peaking at the right time after peaking at the wrong time last winter. A lot of people fancy his chances on a tight golf course, high ball flight, soft. It would seem to play into his hands. Do you think that the one-week turnaround is too much for him? He'll be ready. Jeremy, isn't it fun to just take a step back and enjoy all the young talent that's out on the PGA Tour right now? Yeah. I know for a while there's a lot of people, skeptics included, that thought there was going to be a dry spell or who was going to pick up the torch once Tiger stepped down and was away from the sport and Phil's kind of nearing the twilight of his career. But isn't it something to see the young kids, especially Speed, McElroy, Matsuyama, Ricky Fowler, to some extent, Brooks Kepka breaking through, hitting their first major, Justin Thomas. Uh, it's an exciting time for golf as a fan, uh, as somebody that's works in the industry. And I certainly think that if you want to be putting money or betting in on somebody this weekend, Matsuyama might be your guy. Obviously, Quail Hollow is 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 uh, Rory's personal playground, um, and. We both know that he does not do well on firm, fast golf courses. He is somebody who has thrived when it's been wet. He won his Open Championship when it's been wet. He won the U.S. Open when uh, Congressional was soaked. Um, he's, he, he's obviously got, got two wins here. He lost in the playoff when uh, Ricky got his first win in 2012. I, t- to me, it's almost too easy. Um, and to me, it almost wonders... I wonder, is there too much pressure on Rory in a year that he's trying to save after being hurt for most of it? When you think about the situation, this general situation of everybody looks at you as the horse for the course, you're supposed to win, you're supposed to step up, now can you? What do you make of his chances this week? If there's anybody that could do it and anyone that could meet those expectations, especially during crunch time and in the spotlight, it'd be Rory McIlroy. He's been dealing with a lot this year. Obviously, it's been well documented. His equipment change, fighting through injuries, caddy change, um, all that factoring into what's already a competitive week with the best players in the world at Quail Hollow. But I would tend to agree that 
if anybody's going to break through and truly rise to the occasion, Mr. McElroy will be your guy. Um, Jordan wows us, <laughs> mystifies us, uh, does weird things. Um, I, I, I'm not even sure what to make of the Open win. First of all, before I ask about Mr. Spieth's chances this week, what was your reaction sitting on the couch, I imagine, uh, three Sundays ago when he hit it into the bush, or, 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 or sorry, into the dune on number 13, and then ended up on the uh, driving range? Funny you mention that, because I actually was out on the course myself, was following along via social media and on my phone, uh, as well as some of the guys that were, as you were making the turn, just with the TVs on in the clubhouse, and everybody thought he was done. Stick a fork in him, really. And, and and obviously he goes on one of the greatest streaks in golf history, um, uh, five under over his next four. But it's funny because he could miss it. And as you and I both know, he, he has been a little wild with the driver this year. And um, Quail Hall, you can't afford to do that. Uh, he's obviously trying, trying to become the youngest to win the Grand Slam. There's a lot of pressure on him. He seems pretty chill about it. Um, he's only got one start previously at Quail Hollow. Um, I'm not sure what to make of Jordan this week. I, I think if he gets in contention, he's fine. But I think it's going to either either be he's in it on Sunday or he's just way out of it and comes out flat. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think you're right on to something there. Again, for a student of the game and somebody with as much respect for an appreciation of the history and tradition of golf, you know that it's weighing on his mind that he could become the youngest to win the Grand Slam in history. Um, I've always been a Spieth fan. I, again, talk about guys rising to the occasion. It's like splitting hairs with any of these top guys. Any one of them at any point in time could go on a streak or a run that just makes you stop what you're doing and just kick back and enjoy it because really it's as we mentioned before that the young talent right now that's all breaking through and really rising to each and every occasion especially at the majors is just a lot of fun so dark horse who's 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 your who's your kind of off the beaten path guy you think could do it this week off the beaten path, I don't know if it's so much off the beaten path, but I do like Brandon Grace. Uh, he's been playing well as of late, obviously shot um, the lowest carded score in relation to par at a major at the British Open. Plays well, rises the occasion um, at major championships, especially with the PGA Championship in particular. Not a particularly long driver, but just an all-around tee to green game that most people would get behind and a lot of people are envious of and I think he's while not outside of the top 10 top 25 guys he'd be a dark horse that I'd take a look at this week you know he's somebody who if it wasn't for the train tracks at Chambers may have won that title and may his whole stature could be looked at completely differently if he doesn't fan that tee shot on 16 on the train tracks you're, you're absolutely right. You're, you're absolutely right. It's just, 
it's funky how some things happen in golf, and, and train tracks have played a huge part in his career. You know, I've been touting Alex Noren all year. He's come out flat. I was touting Terrell Hatton. He hasn't done anything since the spring. Uh, Noren's obviously won overseas, but in the majors hasn't uh, done much of late. Uh, I was big on Thomas Peters, and he did nothing of note in the majors or in the U.S. this year until last week and then fell back on Sunday. Which brings me to Charlie Hoffman. Charlie Hoffman has contended in every major this year. He was in it last Sunday at Firestone. Uh, one would think, and, and this is my dark horse for the week, that one would think that maybe Charlie Hoffman is going to take one of these majors. The Hoff, as he's affectionately known, right? Is there any better nickname or a name to yell out from your couch on Sunday than Hoff? <laughs> I was more of a fan when he had the blonde locks going. Uh, I That was my favorite, Charlie. But, man, has he really dialed the, and picked up his game this year. Great guy uh, off the course. Fun to be Absolutely fun to be around. Uh, another great guy to, to follow uh, if you ever have the opportunity to traverse one of the majors um, and obviously his game really picked up his game when it matters most so it, Charlie if only the if only the uh, majors were 36 whole events I think Charlie would have a couple trophies sitting on his mantle at home but we'll see if he can actually close it out and finish but again another fun guy to root for your winner this week of the 99th PGA championship is I've got to go with my guy. I've got to stay true to my roots. Raps knows me well. Jordan Rappaport, that is. It's got to be Ricky Fowler. Win here, first win on tour. One of the hottest guys coming in. Top tens across the board. Um, again, you look for a horse for a course. Quail Hollow fits Ricky's eye. Fowler's going to be my guy. He's also my guy. I think that he finally gets over the hump this week, which will be fascinating to see if it happens. I hope it happens. Um, he's somebody that uh, it's um, it's time for him, and and he's got to do it sooner. I think he may have those Sergio-like demons that that that, that kind of wander around for a while. Not to the degree Sergio has had him, but I do think he needs to step up. A couple more things before we let you go. Uh, number one, you work for Easy Links, which uh, for those of you who don't n know what Easy Links uh, does, they uh, do a lot of software and golf course management uh, stuff for golf courses across the country. One of the things that from my gig at, at, at PGA Magazine writing best practice articles that I found fascinating is the level of which these golf courses have become almost customer service or, or, or how they think of their businesses as customer service business, almost in a sense like retail stores, um, and trying to make things easy for their members, for their players, convenience, ease of use. It's not just you know having a fantastic golf course and a fantastic pro shop. It's 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 also about some of the back end, behind the scenes stuff to make it all tick. Of all the stuff that you guys do between you know tee time management services and and. And the ability to um, have a beverage come to you, uh, sorry, more quickly when you're on the golf course, social media stuff. What in the last couple of years has really, have you seen make a difference when these golf courses start to acquire some of these pieces of technology and, and then ultimately implement them? 
Oh, uh, absolutely. We look to be Gulf's greatest partner. Uh, from the top down, it's a customer experience oriented business. Everybody remembers and has a, you want them to have a fond experience uh, when they're out there playing. Um, obviously, helping with the tea sheets and moving into point of sale, food and beverage, all in one, um, easy, sweet pro. Uh, some of the offerings that we're currently coming out with and the upgrades that we're, our product team has been pushing you know, in the past couple of years and obviously this year and moving forward, a lot of the feedback comes directly from the courses. Uh, we're there to help them uh, when the course is successful, Easy Links is successful and vice versa. Um, looking forward to, again, partnering with both our private and public facilities, uh, being Gulf's most valued partner, and just looking forward to uh, what the future holds. And obviously, moving forward, just looking to see whatever it is that we can do to to best assist our, our our customers, our golfers, and obviously the courses. Um, and finally, the most important part of the whole broadcast and, and the whole show. Um, I, I hate the term roast people because it comes off as a negative, but you know, for uh, for Jordan Rappaport, uh, the the friend of the friend who will listen to this and wonder where the heck this is about to go. Uh, you take it away. What do you want to say on this? Look, Jordan's a great guy. Uh, he's one of his nicknames that we've coined too is the big fill in the blank. So for this one, it would have been great to been able to coin the big podcast. For right now, <laughs> for right now, we'll leave it as the big asterisk since I'll be the one filling in the shoes. But uh, those are some pretty big shoes to fill. He's due. I'd love to see him out on the course sometime soon. And he's next up. Mr. Rappaport, you're next on the tee. There you go. Mike Sullivan, thank you, sir, for coming on Teeing It Up and helping to preview the 99th PGA Championship. Hey, no problem, Jeremy. It's been a pleasure. Thank you again for having me. Looking forward to a great weekend here at Quail Hollow. Yes, sir, and thank you all for listening to Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Bye.